and Merry Christmas to one and all. Um, let me just get this back right up where it should be. Is the one it's the it's that one it just dropped just a I think right here there we go that should be that should be okay morning again and um, right let's talk through this and as want to welcome everyone who's joining us for the first time, if you are. Um, and I'm mindful it is Christmas Day. There isn't a lot of transport options and appreciate the effort you've made to come in here this, uh, this morning. Um, very, very quickly, just going straight into our series. Right from Adam and Eve, you know, we've always faced this temptation to um, seek ways that take us away from or cause us to doubt and even disobey God to our own destruction. You know, seeking our own way that seemed right to us. And, you know, the desire to make one wise, as you would see in, in, in Genesis, desire to make one wise as if we could have one up on God or find a better way than God's way, you know, not acknowledging the fact that he is God who's created and who has power over everything. Um, and that's something we even face till now. It's real. I mean, you only have to surf religious or wisdom or life coach genres on social media to see what you find. There's plenty options out there. So many to choose from. And if you just joined us uh, today, we have been looking at key witnesses um, to the birth of Christ and their roles and how each role or the role each of them represents is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. I mean, for details of how the, the witnesses we've, we've looked at so far, Joseph, the son of David, John, the son of Zechariah, who used to probably hear in the Baptist, um, and the shepherds in the fields of Bethlehem, Simeon and Anna, both prophets, how these were witnesses to the birth of Christ and how Christ fulfilled, in turn, their roles. Uh, let me invite you to visit our YouTube channels and social media platforms for free replays where you can... Um, get the gist of that. Uh, I'm mindful of time this, this morning, and I just want to go straight into our um, next witness. And in today's account, I'm going to take us through a short reading in, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 2, where Matthew brings in these wise men of Eastern origin, possibly Persian, into Jerusalem. I mean, this isn't just for color or to color the nativity scene, you know, three extra parts for the 
for the for the for the for the nativity display. Um, and these guys have indeed followed a star. Believing it communicates the desires and intentions of the heavens to men. But for these men, what started out as a search for wisdom, more knowledge, um, led them to a divine revelation, a divine witness of the Messiah. So at this point, let me invite you uh, to turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. I'm just going to, I'm going to traipse through it. I'm going to be hitting some points in there just to take us through these witnesses and see what their role is. We'll ask a few questions about them and then see how um, Christ indeed supersedes them. So Matthew chapter 2, if you have your phones or Bibles, I would say stick your nose in there or it's probably going to display on screen. Matthew chapter 2, I'm just going to read verses 1 to 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all, the chief priests and scribes on the, uh, of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he heard, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search carefully for the young child. And when you've found him, bring back word to me so that, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where, the young, over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And saw, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Let's just share with a prayer and then we'll just um, touch on this, on, on a few things briefly. Heavenly Father, thank you again. Thank you that um, this account is here in Scripture for us. Um, thank you, Lord God, for what it instructs our hearts regarding. Thank you, Lord, even for including these characters, these men. <laughs> Ordinary, we'd look at them and say they've got nothing to do with Israel. They've even got nothing to do with you. What business have they got coming to look for the Messiah? 
Lord, instruct our hearts then. Help us to see um, the worth of wisdom that there is in seeking and finding the Messiah. Thank you for this, Lord, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, quick question pops up. Who are these guys? I mean, who are these wise men? I mean, the picture that comes to mind is of when we hear of wise men or wisdom in the Bible is of Solomon, wise king who God had blessed and, you know, endowed with such great wisdom. Both, uh, as we see in Scripture, demonstrated in his judicial wisdom that he exercised, in the wisdom for even to rule the people. But um, that comes to mind, and we look at these guys and think, well, these guys are probably wise guys as well, full of it, and, you know, knew lots of things about everything, practical stuff. But um, what, is, what, what Matthew introduces to us here are actually men who, um, in, in, in it being rendered as wise men, they were actually men who were of a priestly tribe, a priestly tribe during the times of the ancient Babylonian or, and Medo-Persian empires. These guys were astronomers or astrologers uh, who were a significant part of the king's courts. You might have, you might recall, I'll, I'll, I'll take us to a couple of passages that will just show us a few things about them in a, in a second. But by virtue of their occultic, astrological, and astro astronomical knowledge, these guys were readily consulted by those in power. And we'll see an example of that just now. Um, but let me take you back to our recent uh, journey through um, Hosea and even Daniel. We, we, you would recall that in those accounts, those prophetic or histor historical accounts, prophetic slash historical accounts, God deals with his people, his own people, people who were called by his name, who departed from worshiping God to serve gods of other nations, idols. And in dealing with them, basically gave them a time out. Uh, in the Babylonian kings coming, raiding their city. Just imagine, think about Ukraine and um, Russia right now. Russian troops surround Ukraine. The Babylonians did this to Jerusalem, to Judah. Sacked the city, took their rulers, took their princes into Babylon. So they experienced this. And um, you might remember these, this name again, Daniel. Young Daniel and his friends, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Anybody here? Right. These guys were taken into the Babylonian courts. And there, guess what? Even though they were in exile, even though they were out serving time out, the knowledge of God was being spread as well in the Babylonian courts. So... In the king's courts in Babylon, um, these wise men of repute, these astrologers, 
we see instances, and let me take us first of all to Daniel chapter 2, verse 27 and 28. We're trying to figure out who these guys are, right? Turn with me, if you will, Daniel chapter 2, verse 27 and 28. Um, we read there an account. Daniel, one of these Jewish boys taken into captivity, and he's summonsed. The king has had a dream, and he's called all his wise men. He's called all his astrologers. He's called them to, please, guys, tell me what the meaning of this dream is. What's the interpretation of it? These are the kinds of wise men we're talking about who would be saying to the king, well, we think mm, right now you see that the Saturn is, is, is not quite in line with Jupiter, and you see um, it just means, but they didn't have an answer for the king and for his dream. And who answered? One of the Jewish boys brought into captivity who'd gone through a rigorous induction into the king's court, and he answers in verse 27. Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, uh, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. Um, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to, to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. And he goes on to tell him the meaning of his dream. So we see these guys were part of the king's courts in the Babylonian Empire. Now, uh, we also see um, Daniel telling the king in this instance of, of an everlasting kingdom to come as part of a demonstration of the wisdom that comes from God. Just a hint for what's to come. But we also see in these same courts, the people get to know about God. Because what's the connection? Why, are we, why is Matthew telling us about these people here at all? What does this have to do with Jesus Christ? Why would they be interested in looking for him anyway? Well, we think by the time we go to another text in Daniel, chapter 5 and verse 11... I'll just quickly read that there. These are the people making attesting to the wisdom of a different kind, not the sort they have. To another king, Belshazzar. Verse 11 and Daniel chapter 5. If you will turn with me, please. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father... Light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods. If you wonder if they know who they're talking about. Were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. So we see here, these guys get to know about God, they get to know, or they get to be in the court where Daniel talks about an everlasting kingdom. And at the head of that kingdom 
several kingdoms succeeding by this time one has passed several kingdoms succeeding that that way he began to serve there are people remaining who can see that hmm some of these things that this guy talked about in the previous king it seems like they're beginning to come to pass well here we are now hundreds of years later and here are men of this ilk coming to Jerusalem in search of a king. Come back with me now to Matthew chapter 2. So it would appear, how come they're coming to Jerusalem to look for this child, for this king? Well, it would appear they were led this way. Look with me at um, Matthew chapter 2 again. They say in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Let's remember something. These guys are astrologers, right? The people who study the constellations, they look at the things that God has made for seasons, the lights to govern the nighttime from Genesis. They look at these things and make their own understanding or make their own impressions of these things are supposed to tell us something about what goes on down here. But whereas that isn't really the case, that isn't really the reason God made the stars, the sun, the moon. He never even commanded for those to be worshipped or for anyone to look at them and be amazed at their glory and say, wow, look at this thing. Let's worship these now. But they look at this and, uh, and they see a star that they find, hmm, this one's different. Let's see where this takes us. Let's follow this. Let's track this down and see where it leads us. And they're led to, they're brought to Jerusalem. And in fact, what we read here is that they're actually going through Jerusalem asking, asking around. Imagine bumping these people at the bus stop. Where is he who's born the king of the Jews? I don't know. Try, you know, around there near the Gilar station. And next person, where is he who's born the king of the Jews? Until they find themselves in the palace of Herod asking the question. Where is he who's born the king of the Jews? For some context, Herod is one guy, uh, no time to, 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 to go into this, but who was quite a tyrannical ruler, um, taking out even some of his family, considered to be a threat to his throne, to the security of his throne. So to hear about this, and in his court, there's, there's, he summons his court and asks and calls everyone, when they hear about this and summon the court, what's, what's this? What's all this about people asking about the king, one born king of the Jews? I mean, if there's any king around here, this is the guy. I don't know about any, any other king. Where is that king? Anyway, and he calls his council, calls the, the priests and scribes, and asks them, what's this thing I'm hearing about a Christ? Where is he to be born? 
Here's the good thing. God draws these men to himself, draws them to the palace of Herod, and confirms to them, even by the word of the priests and the scribes. They too be knowledgeable in scripture as well, being learned astrologers and well-learned men, finding that it is actually written in scripture that Bethlehem in the land of Judah, out of you will come a ruler. So it's confirmed to them by God. They've first of all been drawn by this star they see, this strange thing in the sky they see, whatever it was, is, is, is debated, but they see something that draws them. And then the word of God confirms this to them again. But what is true here is that if this God that reveals secrets, who they've heard about back home in heaven is coming or has come down to earth, and what Daniel says holds true still. Wow. Guess what? If the revealer of secrets makes known to us what's come to pass, let's go and check it out. They're drawn to go and see who this king of the Jews is. To know from God who is truly king of the Jews. So, God is doing something here. He's making it known to the wise men or the magi, as they were called. He's made this truth known about Christ being born to Herod. He's made this truth known as well to the chief priests all at once, but all of whom cannot make known the secret things of God. None of these people can in themselves take the things of God and just throw them out in the open. Or if you like, pull the blinds to reveal what's really going on. But God is doing that and orchestrating all of this here by himself. Can you imagine these learned astrologers getting a taste? They are guys who figure things out by looking at the stars and all their, all their, all their, their, their learning. Getting a taste of true revelation of something that they may only ever have learned academically. They may only ever have learned this just up there. But then they're curiously drawn by this star to Judah, to Jerusalem, to find a king who has no answer. He has no response. To find that the God of the Jews has indeed put this down and it's coming to pass. And then again, they're coming to also find that this is certainly not man. This is God. And actually finding, as we go on to verse 9, they find the child. And it doesn't stop there. They find the child. Because that curious star they find, they see, takes them right to where the child will be found. But they find the child, but it doesn't stop there. A couple of other things just go to attest to the all-surpassing wisdom 
of God, even in bringing these wise men to Jerusalem. Two things. One, a dream <laughs> in which an angel of God changes their itinerary. Guys, listen, uh, you know that your return ticket? Can you cut that leg of, you know, stopping over in Bethlehem, a Herod's palace? Just take a direct flight back to wherever you're coming from. Leave Herod out of it. And then, coming to see as well, this confirming um, their own excitement at the fact that they have actually seen something they weren't expecting. Look at verse 11. I know we're familiar with, I mean, this is where the, this is where the, the three wise men whole thing comes from because these guys, in discovering this child, in being shown and, and this child revealed to them, when they'd come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. They worshipped him because this is certainly not God. This is certainly not man, but this is God revealing this child who will be born to them. The only, uh, the only appropriate response they could come up with was worship. Worship indeed. Guess what? We can spend our, all our lives, our entire lives, pursuing wisdom. We can spend our lives pursuing wisdom, but let's make sure that it definitely is a revelation that comes from God. Um, there's so much in Scripture that instructs us about um, seeking after our own way or a way that seems right to us, but which in itself just leads on to death. This is something which, right from the beginning, as I said in opening, there is every temptation to go after what seems wise to us, but which way only leads away from God, takes us away from what God really have us see and know and learn and understand about him. What can we take away from this? Two questions. Has God revealed the Savior to you? Has God told you about Jesus Christ? Um, I'm not saying for anyone to expect, you know, a big booming voice. Hello, I'm God. You know, do you know my son, Jesus Christ? No, nothing of the sort. It could be just that simple casual conversation you had the other day. Someone telling about Jesus Christ. Someone telling about salvation in him. Even just hearing the hymns and the worship and the song in worship to him this day. And thinking, that makes no sense. It's all a pack of nonsense and fairy tales. None of it is true. What difference does it make to, you know, my energy bills. Well, guess what? God always does consistent with his will for us, and it is for good. It is that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Has God revealed Jesus Christ to you? Uh, it's key that I'm saying revealed, not we found. We can go about looking for Jesus our own way. Like these guys set out initially, 
until they found, until the, the child was revealed to them, until it was confirmed to them where the child would be born, by God. God will speak to us. He will speak to us to bring us to face and behold and look at the Savior. We may want to turn, avoid, and run away from Jesus Christ, but he will bring us to face the Savior. Have you received God's revelation of the Savior today? Let's, uh, my charge here is don't ignore God's glaring revelation of himself. However insignificant or bellowing it may be to you. Second question, what's our approach to seeking God? If you like, it's the flip side of the same question. Do we think it's more complicated than it sounds? Very simple. Very simple. A baby born in a manger? Think about it. Baby, frail, harmless, little toddler. Yet a king, a king in charge of armies with a whole council of wise men, generals, could not even, <laughs> couldn't even say, follow those guys. Tell them, when you get there, wherever they stop, blitz the whole village. I don't care. Well, he did, but he still didn't get him. Do we think it's more complicated? Is the gospel too simple? A little baby in a manger or um, a grown man crucified on a cross? Is that too simple? Do we need anything else to add to it? Maybe committed duty in church, giving everything I have, reading my Bible 50 times a day, or praying two hours and 40 minutes a day. Listen, keep it simple. The Lord calls us to have to look at the wisdom, the foolishness of the gospel. Foolish as it seems, it trumps the wisest schemes that we may come up with, even for our own salvation. The witness that God gives to Jesus Christ. We've seen the witnesses of so many. Joseph. son of David, of royal lineage, John, the son of Zechariah, a priest, um, the shepherds in the fields of Bethlehem, Simeon and Anna, both prophets, and now these wise men, wise, but Jesus fulfilling all of these roles and de demonstrating the wisdom of God demonstrating the, 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 the lordship of Jesus Christ, the royal priesthood of Jesus Christ, and even how he shepherds and cares for all of us. What will we do with the witness of God to Jesus Christ? even in this season. 
um, while you hear that testimony, while God brings Christ before us, he doesn't bring him for us to just, oh, that was nice. Oh, that was lovely. Oh, I, I, I could bear with that for a good few minutes. But he means life for us. Let's make the wise choice to follow Jesus today. Amen. Let's pray. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.